Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome. Hi. I'm excited for today. Me too. Books. What's on your shelf? Books and more books. Love it so much. Before we do that. Let's chat about them. Yes, please. But first, Jamie, fun fact. Yes. Fun fact for you. I'm talking about David Vondrelli, the author of our book club book this month, which is The Life of Charlie. The Book of Charlie. Oh, sorry. The Book of Charlie. Of course, that's what I meant. Yes. The Book of Charlie. Mm -hmm. And um, David Vondrelli is interesting because, yes, he's written some books, but really his career is um, as a writer for like the Denver Post. and like a journalist. That's the word I was looking for. He's a journalist. But very cool. He started his career at age 17. 17 as a sports wow. writer for the Denver Post. Wow. And he did that from 1978 to 1983. So not just a one year job, but he got it at age 17. Yeah. What a different world we live in now. Like, there is no way you could walk in and just start being a sports commentator at age 17. Right. 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 But he did. That's the world he was in. That's so amazing. I kind of want to talk about um, his career and the different things he's done, because it's quite fascinating. So he started out as a sports writer. Um, He was the youngest sports writer that the paper had ever had. And then from there, he went to the Miami Herald. And he stayed with that just as a staff writer for a while. Um, He wrote while he was there, he got an award while he was there, the Livingston Award, which recognizes excellence in young journalism and is given annually to journalists that are under the year of, under the age of 35. He was also honored for a series titled The Death Penalty of Failure of Execution and he got that award when he was 27 years old, wow. which it was the uh youngest person to ever have received that award. Wow. Um that piece also got him the American Bar Association Silver Gavel Award for Excellence in Media and the Arts. And also at the Miami Herald, he received American Society of News Editors Distinguished Writing Award. Wow. And some other awards, a lot of other awards. But some of the things he wrote from then on, I was fascinated by this. Um, He he took a job at the Washington Post in 1992 and was almost immediately sent to cover the presidential primary election yeah. stuff. So he, um, that put him into being a political writer. And th- from there, he also did at Time Magazine 60 cover stories for Time Magazine. Wow. Including wow. one titled, um, one about the controversial comment commentator Glenn Beck. It was titled Madman. He also did a uh, person of the year, Barack Obama. Wow. The death of Michael Jackson and Osama bin Laden. Wow. And uh, an article t- on an essay on forgiveness after the murders of Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And for that, he won the Deadline Award for Best Magazine Feature of 2005. I mean, the list goes on and on, like all these incredible things. He, um, it was his front page article confirming the identity of the FBI's Mark Felt as Deep Throat. Hmm. I mean, it just, 
He's a little bit everywhere wow. and big time. And now he is the life story. Writing of a the life story. Nine year old man. Of Charlie. That feels I mean like in line and also different. Like uh, I don't know how to exactly, say Exactly. But also we need to write a story about him as well. Yeah. Look at his career yes. starting at age 17. Absolutely. Like, I think him and Charlie probably have a lot in common, and that's why he was drawn to him as a neighbor and wrote his story. That is so cool. Anyway, just Very a cool guy. Every, I love it. I Next keep week. more and yeah. Already? We are there. Week. Are you ready? Not yet, but I'm I have the book. Me too. I'm ready to go. I'm Gotta ready to started. start it after I finish the book I'm on now. Yes. Just get me there, please, because I'm done with the book I'm on now. And the book before that that I quit. And the it's oh, just I need had a good a book. Hard pile up. I've had a hard shelf mm. lately. So well, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. Yeah. First let's take a break. Okay. All right. So good. I'm so excited. Ready, set, go. Jamie, what's on your shelf? On my shelf this week, my first one is The Feather Thief. Ooh, I love that title. Which is The Feather Thief, Beauty Obsession, and the Natural History Heist of the Century. So oh. when you think The Feather Thief, you had no idea that this was going to be nonfiction. And it's I had literally no a feather thief. So <laughs> that's not so exciting. Right? I was or like, maybe just it wait, is. just you wait, just me. wait. Well, I had listened. Uh, quite a few years ago, to a podcast about this story. And knowing nothing about any of this. Okay. And when I say any of this, any of this, because it's crazy. I was fascinated by the podcast, which was maybe 40 minutes an hour. Okay. So when I saw this book, it was recommended. I was like, yes, I want all the details. Uh, maybe the podcast was enough. Okay. I'm not saying the book wasn't good. It sure. was. And there were some sure. things in there that I was, that wasn't in the podcast that were super, super interesting. There were also some dry spots. Okay. But overall, a fascinating story. Okay. Because of what it is. And it's, I never knew this existed. So it's about this guy. His name is Edwin Rist. And growing up, he became fascinated <laughs> in tie flying. Oh. Like fly tying. Sorry. Let, let me put that fly back. Fly tying. Tying flies for oh. fly fishing. Oh, I was like, right? I could not. Okay. Yep. I thought like a necktie. Because nope. Flying in the air. Flying flies. Tying flies <laughs> for fly fishing. <laughs> okay. Right? Did okay. you know, Sarah, that you can become a champion tie flyer? I fly feel tire? as if I have heard of this before. The, oh. I have cousins who fish. Okay, so yeah. So he got fascinated like at age 12, wow. maybe 8, like young. And he was really good at it. He is a champion fly tire. I'm going to say it right. Fly tire. <laughs> he is also a very um, talented musician, a flautist. Ooh. Is this crazy? A flautist? And who ties fly flies. Yep, ties flies. So he became obsessed with the as a fly tire and got involved in this community. There is quite the community sure. to become I believe that, actually. obsessed with. And there's like conventions mm. and competitions and all these things. So let me tell you about the history of flying tie flying. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to use the best of the best feathers. Oh. Okay. So 
the best of the best feathers leads us down the history of feathers. And so uh, Darwin, origin of species, has a lot of historical information about birds, birds that are now extinct that he collected. And there was this particular way you had to skin the bird and then preserve the skin of the bird. In some places, it's too humid and it loses the structure of the feather. I know way too much about feathers and how to collect bird skins to preserve feathers to put in museums now. However, in these museums, these ornithology, the study of birds, um, that have the collection of Darwin that are old, old, old birds that are extinct now. So there is no replacing these in museums. Well, the heist comes when the history of needing these feathers started with women in France in hats. You had to have these feathers for your hats. And so it started making these birds extinct because people were catching them to use them for their feathers and use them for anyway. There's this whole history of birds and feathers and the use of feathers throughout history. But one of these uses is for tying flies. And some, and where you get these feathers and the black market of feathers and who you you know. You can't like hide that if you're trying to enter a competition. Yeah. And you have this special feather. There is an underground, nobody says anything in this community because we want these fantastic feathers used in our flies tying stuff. So it's like a whole conspiracy. So he gets on a train and goes to this museum and breaks in and steals uh, a little over a hundred birds that are non-replaceable. And it turns into this whole investigation. And that's what this book is about. Wow. It, because it's so different than anything else I've ever read or thought about, it is really quite fascinating. And the trial when he's taken to trial and how his lawyer, attempted to get him off and if it worked or not and the route they went to it it will blow your mind it will blow your mind it was super interesting um a totally different world i knew nothing about that's kind of cool i gave it three stars the feather thief by kirk wallace johnson okay very cool if you're interested check it out let me know what you think i'll think on that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or if you just want a little bit of information, I think it was uh, um, This American Life that did an episode on it, a podcast episode. Anyway, Good tip. there you go. I love it. I could be wrong on This American Life. It could be something else, too. I don't know. It's been a long time. That's awesome. There you go. First book down. I like it. Okay. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is The Matchmaker's Gift by Linda Cohen Loigman. Okay. I believe. Um, this was a fun story. This is um, the story of a woman named Sarah. She, did you relate to Sarah? I didn't. She <laughs> doesn't spell it with an H. So oh. therefore, we are very different humans. Different. Yep. Very, very different. Um, she grew up in like the early 1900s mm-hmm. and she had this special gift of matchmaking. Mm-hmm. She, from a young age, like she made her first match when she was like 12 years old, very young. And she just could see, and the way that 
it manifest. She could never talk about this. Yeah. Because it was, she would have thought, you know, witchcraft or, you know, she's crazy, she's lying, whatever. But she would see a spark of light, like leap from one person to another hmm. and like connect them. Yeah. It would just, just be quick. It was like yeah. a flash. And she would just, sometimes she'd catch it just out of the corner of her eye and she'd be like, oh, look at you There's two. A connection. Yeah, look at you two. You're, you're going to, you're going to connect or you should connect because you would be a good connection. A good. Okay. Um, I never got the impression that it was like there was only one in your whole life. It's just something that would happen when you cross paths with a person. So she uh, saw it for the first time and spoke up and said, you need to meet this person. Come over here. Let me introduce you. I want you to meet them. And it resulted in a marriage. Wow. And in this, they she's Jewish. And in their faith back in 1910, there were professional matchmakers. It was a profession to match people, right? Like okay. a lot of the arranged yes. marriages. Yes. And you paid a fee for a matchmaker mm-hmm. to do this for you, to find you a spouse. Right. And um, this is still a big they thing were in some very angry. Yeah. Well, the matchmakers were very angry because they were basically taking money because she oh, received she's, no money. She's and doing women, it as her gift. Women are not allowed to be, be matchmakers of unless not. you yourself are already married. But she's 12 years old. Okay. So this was a very big deal. So yeah. she didn't um, take any money. She knew she would be in big trouble for that. She didn't take any money. But the family did give her father a gift of a gold bracelet that was okay. that was very high – of high value. Anyway, so there, there's this ongoing uh, problem that she has because she just, she just knows mm-hmm. when there's this thing. But her family also needs money, and she knows she can help her family by using her gift. Anyway, it's, it's very interesting, and um, there is someone who believes her and sees that – there's a gift that some people do have this gift and believes that she has it and puts her in certain places and in touch with certain people who discreet, who are just generous by nature. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't be seen as like payment mm-hmm. that he's just generous and helps her family. But she also arranges or finds a, a match for the daughter, things like that, that happen. And it sets her on a path. So she somehow is able to help her family while using her gift secretly. And you watch her through this path. Well, down the road, we're also jumping to the future. And she passes away. And she has a granddaughter who hmm. doesn't they've, – they've learned of her grandmother's act for years. They know that she does this and that she's done it till forever. They thought she retired at a certain age. But they find after she passed that she was still – She was still doing it. You know, had her fingers in. It's hard to stop when you already – when you right. see these things. Well, there. Yeah. And she – this granddaughter of hers that loved her so dearly doesn't really believe in it. That there's like a she doesn't like love. It's messy. That she's it's not that she's anti, but she's not out looking for it. She's actually a divorce lawyer. Her mother mm, didn't. She's marry on the other end. Yeah, her mother didn't marry a match like someone mm-hmm. that she was matched to, and it ended very badly. And so she just feels like. We got to get people out of these. I'm going to help because her mother ended up at the short end of the stick. Her dad was very well off and her mom Uh was left with nothing. And so she's going to be a person who doesn't let that happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she, we follow her story as she's dealing in these divorces. She's helped, you know, she's Mm -hmm. watching these couples go through divorces and the different 
situations. As her grandmother died, she's starting to read her grandmother's journals. And as she's reading about her grandmother's experiences, she starts to have her own inklings about people and whether they belong together or not. Hmm. And she's starting to understand a little bit more about her grandmother's experience. And it's her, um, you know, trying to figure out what she believes with this love stuff and where what direction she wants her life to go as we also are learning about the okay. life of her grandmother yeah. and the experiences she had with love. And mm. it's really good. I loved it. It's a different story. It doesn't feel like magical or wonky. It's yeah. just like a very common thing that a lot of people actually believe in. And it was done in such like a good way, a sweet way. And I really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. It was, it was like uplifting and sweet and also felt like realistic. I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. Awesome. Um, it's called The Matchmaker's Gift by Linda Cohen Blakeman. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Okay. My next one is called Convenience Store Woman by Say Sayaka Murata. And I'm going to say this is a, she is a very popular author in Japan. Oh. And this is her first book to be translated into English. It is translated oh. by Ginny Tapley Takamori. And so it, it's kind of, you know, she's very, very popular, um, well, in Japan. Cool. So hopefully, um, translating it. I mean, it was, it's not a very long book, but it, it had like a, a strong message in it. Oh. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's the story of a woman. She's 36 years old. Her name's Kiko and she works at a convenience store. It's called Smile Mart. Okay. And she never really fit in from a very young age was always on the outside. She didn't get social norms. She didn't get all the things. And so she starts working at Smile Mart, I think when she's like 18, 17, a pretty young age. And she's 36 now and is still working there. So from her, if if you just look at just her, she has learned the ins and outs of the convenience store world. Sure. She knows how to dress. She knows how to talk to the customers. She knows who's going to want what. She knows what to set out at certain seasons. Like she has learned this littler world where she is successful. That's awesome. And she's very, very good at running this store, working at this store, not necessarily running it, but just working at the store. Um, but on the outside, looking into her, she is a failure and an embarrassment to society. No one's going to want to marry her. She's 36 now. Mm. She's past marriage age and hasn't done anything with her life. Like you don't, women don't just not get married without it being a reason. Like, oh. no, I'm going to focus on my career first. You know, so oh, yes. she is really looked down on it that even if you were a man in her situation, um, you'd be better off and there'd be more chance of getting married. But no man is going to marry a woman who hasn't done anything with her life and she's 36. Right. Um, mm. And so this comes to her attention that um, 
she shouldn't still be in this situation. I mean, she's living on her own. It kind of talks about her apartment is bare bones, nothing, but it works for her. She, her food isn't anything grand, but she suffices on it. She can make her own meals. She kind of sticks to the same schedule. Kind of sounds a bit, um, like she's on the spectrum. Oh. Like on Monday night, we eat this. In the morning, okay. we eat this. Then mm-hmm. we do this. You know, it's just very, and she's successful. In that, she's figured out how for her to be successful. I think that's awesome. But she decides that, okay, she's got to go do some other things. This is not an acceptable lifestyle because of some things that are said and pointed out to her. And so she quits her job and she tries to navigate her life on the outside and tries to, you know, find another job or find, you know, tries to live outside of this convenience store life that she's built for herself. I found it very, very interesting, very heartwarming and um, just eye-opening to have different people. What What is success? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. for her, mm-hmm. like we can't just deem a whole community and look over it all with the same eyes. Yeah. Like she was happy doing that with her life as a convenience store worker and knowing, and she was successful if you measure success of what, what is good for you and what brings you happiness. Anyway, I love I, that actually. I found it really enjoyable. I gave it three stars. Awesome. Um, it's called Convenience Store Woman. It was a good quick read. I enjoyed. Awesome. Awesome. I like that one. Okay. Uh my next book is called The Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise by Colleen Oakley. Mm. This is a favorite of yours. It's an old person and a young person. Oh, you got me right there. I know. It never gets old. I really enjoyed this story. This is the story of Louise, who is in her 80s, who lives on her own. Her three children live away and kind of far away. They're not easily able to like check in on her. She, her husband has passed away. She misses him dearly. She recently broke her hip and she's recovering from, you know, that injury, but she needs some extra help, but she's not incapable enough to need to go to a home. So she, but she does need some help, but she needs assistance. So they have hired Tanner, okay, who is a college age girl who's had a rough go. She's a soccer player, very successful, went to a really good college on scholarship for soccer, mm-hmm. had a um, mishap at a party. She fell off a balcony, broke her leg, and will no longer play soccer, and she's feeling super sorry for herself. So she lost her scholarship. She could still go to the school, but this very good school is very expensive, and they can't afford it. So she is feeling sad for herself and doesn't know she won't go to school unless she can go right. there. So she's kind of at, uh, she's stuck. So she, they, she agrees to go and take care of Louise, uh, just drive her to her appointments, the bare minimum, whatever, while she heals and figures out how she's going to get the money mm-hmm. and make enough money to go back to this school that she wants to be at. So, um, they both ha- have their their preconceived notions about each other. Um, you know, Louise doesn't mm-hmm. feel like she needs any help. Tanner doesn't want to help. And so they both, like, have these ideas about yeah. the other. And yeah. 
one night in the middle of the night, um, Louise's past comes back to haunt her and she has to go help a friend on the other side of the country. And she tries to go by herself, but she can't push the gas pedal. So she convinces Tanner to take her and Tanner doesn't want to. She thinks they're on the run. She actually saw a commercial or a thing on the news. Then she thinks that Louise is a jewelry thief and is on the run, but she agrees to help her because she's going to give her the money for school. So they go on this cross country Mm. escapade to do whatever Louise is very vague about it. They don't even, Tanner doesn't even know what they're doing really, but she thinks that she's got all these jewels and she's running from the police. And so there they go. Oh, wow. And it is really fun. I super liked this book. I loved the characters. It was very relatable. My heart went out to Tanner. She had a really hard uh, situation happen for her. And I love Louise. She lived this very full, rich life, and she has sass, as they should. I love old people with sass. Yeah, <laughs> and me too. And it was a great combination. And the lessons that they teach each other are always so good. Why is that? What What is the it connection? It never gets old for me. Right. No. It never gets old. And I feel like each book teaches me a different lesson. Right. There's so much to learn. There's so much. I agree. They're so similar and yet so completely different. Yes. That's how I felt about this. It was such a fun story. And it was such a great twist. I don't want to give away or spoil anything like how it all ends up. I it's a fun story to go like go on this trip with them. It is so fun. That's awesome. And I did not see the twist at the end. It's good. It was a good one. It's good. I can't wait to put that on my list. It's called The Mostly True Story. Of Tanner and Louise by Colleen. Oh my gosh. Oakley. I love it's it good. so much. Anyway, I gave it four stars. Fantastic. Okay, my last one is called Casher in the Rye The True Tale of a White Boy from Oakland Who Became a Drug Addict, Criminal, Mental Patient, and Then Turned 16. <laughs> what? Right? He started his life young and maybe not so great. So this is a memoir of Moshe Kasher, which who is a comedian. Now I wasn't familiar with him prior to this book and um but I need to go see how I love watching a good comedian. So yeah. um but he started off his drug career very very young. Not catcher in the rye. Casher in the rye. Okay. So I'm that, like, wait, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. find it. No, Casher is his last name K A S H E R. And the he is given the book Catcher in the Rye, and it is very impactful to him as a teenager. Oh, like okay. he really related to it, so it's kind of a play on on that. Um, but he was born to deaf parents. Oh, and his parents divorced or separated. He really he was told he was going on a trip to California when really his mom was abducting him, taking him away from his dad. So he, they moved to California and that's where this story begins, his life in California. He was an out of control child. He, you know, he learned sign language because that's his mother's first language. Um, He learns English as well, but he communicates completely in sign language with his mom. And that leads to some, you know, mom doesn't always know everything going on because she only knows what her son is telling her in sign language. He's the interpreter. You know, she's trying to navigate parenthood as a deaf 
a single parent. Yeah. And he is a hellion of a child, always in trouble, always mm-hmm. up to something, and just giving her a run for her money. Gosh, and so um hard. yes. And so it kind of the this book goes through um his public school experience and the failure of that and not able to identify what needs he had, like what was going on and why was he this way and how can we help him? And it led to, he started drugs at age 12 Wow! and it just goes through all the poor choices and what led to those choices and then what he did. And, um, and pretty much his, his poor mom, like my heart goes out to, the parents of addicts, especially teenage addicts, because you're responsible for them. And yet, just like an adult addict, you can't help them until they want help. Yeah. And so she just kept like trying to get him into rehabs or different schools. She fought and fought and fought for him. He needed a different program. This wasn't a good fit for him. Public school needed, you know, this needed to provide help for him. He deserved a f- an educational school, a school that fit him that could really help him. And so, and they're like, no, he's a lost cause. And she did. She fought and fought and fought for him. But also when he finally did come and say, I want to go to um, rehab, she was just like, great, go. It's like, it's almost, it's just going to fail again. Like, you know, you get so burnt out. Yeah. And this is no different except for the fact that she is deaf. And then it talks about him, you know, going Which back and meeting Which would feel even dad. more isolating in a situation Absolutely. like that. Like, I think you yeah. feel isolated as a as a person who didn't have that setback, right? Or mm-hmm. that extra thing to worry about. But then to be so alone, you have less people you can talk to. Right. You have less people that you can You have to have an interpreter to, yeah. to get any kind of help with the school, with oh. the therapists with the rehab centers, everything you it's just another step in an already hard situation. The book is funny. It's heartwarming. It's sad. It's all of the above. It's a great story. I gave it three stars. Casher in the Rye by Moshe Casher. Really good. Awesome. All right. Um, the last book I'm going to talk about today is The Unmaking of June Farrow by Adrian Young. I haven't heard of any of these books today. Um, I This has been on a lot of lists. It's on hmm. like the Goodreads Best of 2023 this year. It's a oh, new one. Did you already go through and do your voting? I did. My I pre-voting. Your pre-voting. I was so I excited. I was so happy to see how many I had read. Yes. Like this, usually I I'm like, say. I don't know if I, I don't know that book. I don't know these. I only know one of these. Yeah. I, there was one category that I knew none of them. That's, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can guess which one it was. Yes. But um, <laughs> the ro- the romanticy category. Yes. Romanticy. I hadn't I read any of those. I that. Uh, that was a new genre that's a new genre i've never read i didn't read any of those either anyway back to your book um the unmaking of june pharaoh it's it is a little bit it has some fantasy aspects but it's really it doesn't feel like it it she wrote spells for forgetting okay which i've read earlier this year and that came out prior to this year but she it's it's also a really good one that one's if i'll just a quick reminder that's the one where there was like the magic on the island 
right? And like someone died and they're trying to figure out, was it magic? Okay. It's not a lot of magic, but she likes to put a little bit of that. A little bit, of a sprinkle of magic in her story. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this story has a little bit of that, but it's not that something that really can be controlled. Mm-hmm. It's just something. There's There's a family, the Pharaoh women have this... I don't even know what to call it, like this trait where they can they get to a certain age and will see a red door and you can go through the door and it will take you to another time. Ooh. And you can Ooh. only go through the door. They've no, they've learned you only see the door three times. And so you have to decide if you're going to go through it or not. Wow. You can only go through it three times. Only three times. The, so you want to save Maybe, but there's there's not a lot. So we're following June. June doesn't know the history of her family. Okay, she doesn't know that this is something that's happened. They've not told this to her. Her what they? I mean, they know that there's this weird thing that her family is different. They've mm-hmm. always been looked at differently. Men don't generally stick around. They're just odd and weird. Mm-hmm. And her mother disappeared when she was a baby. She like was gone for a long time, and then she came home when she was pregnant. They didn't know who the father was or whatever, but she has her baby mm-hmm. and then she disappears again and leaves her baby and she's never come back. And they assume that she died. They don't know what happened to her, but she's okay. gone. Now June is a 20 something woman been raised by her grandmother and her grandmother has been having these problems with dementia. She's kind of losing her mind and she dies. And now she's left alone mm-hmm. with her grandmother's best friend that's all they know of her and she is starting to see this red door and she thinks she's also losing her mind Hmm. okay so she doesn't know well she goes through the door she she finally confides in this grandmother's great friend and says Mm -hmm. that she's been seeing this red door and her the friend says why haven't you told me that you've been seeing this or you should have told me this but she felt like, like she was would crazy. And so yeah. she's like, you have to go through the door. The next time you see it, you have to go through it. And she was like, why? And she's like, just go through it. So she does. And she finds herself in 1950. Ooh. And there's this whole, you know, she runs into this person who knows her and is already angry with her and finds out that she has lived this life in 1950 that she didn't even remember wow so it's so interesting at first i'm like i was a little bit like trying to figure out what's going on like why does she not know that like is there two of her running around in time like it is confusing but they start to put the pieces together and you start to learn what's happening with her family history and Mm -hmm. this like time jumping thing it's not like super crazy it's not like they're jumping throughout all of time. Right. It's like within this realm of reality. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, 50, 100 years most okay. that they're jumping. And you can't go past a certain time, like your life. Okay. You're jumping like within your life, basically. Anyway, okay. it's very, very interesting. I loved the story. I loved the characters. Wow. And I was, as I was trying to put the pieces together, it was not hard to, to understand. But at the same time, I didn't guess it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, Does that make sense? Like yeah. I totally followed everything that was happening, but I also didn't guess how Where it was, was happening. Okay. Or like how the pieces all fit together. That didn't come together for me until she, she reveals revealed it. Revealed it. Yes. Which is the best. Yes. 
Because you don't want to be like, oh, I was right. Yes. And so for me, it was really good. And I love the characters. There, There's like this moment where she has to make a decision about how what she's going to choose to do and how she wants to live her life. And I loved the choices that she made. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Even at the end, I was like, wait, what about – and I was sitting there and I kept thinking about it and thinking yeah. about it. Is this – the way it ended, I don't want to spoil anything because it is so fun to get there on your own. Yeah. Um, but I loved every minute of it. And I went to give it four stars because I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, but wait, what didn't I like? And I couldn't think of anything I didn't like. So I gave it five gave stars. It five stars. Yeah. Amazing. I know. It was really good. It's called The Unmaking of June Pharaoh. Okay. And I really liked it. And I liked Spells for Forgetting, too. Yeah. I like this one this more. This one more. Yeah. Okay. But I, and I think I gave Spells for Forgetting four stars. Like, I or Spells for Forgetting. And I gave that one four stars because I really enjoyed that one, too. She's a newer yeah. author. She's written some other ones. But the Spells for Forgetting, and you maybe have heard of the old ones. Yeah. But the Spells for Forgetting and this June, making Unmaking of June Pharaoh are like a new start for her. And, yeah. You can feel that kind it's different. Kind of a different. rebranding of her writing. Yes. Okay. And I really have enjoyed both it's of them. Good... And I really loved The Unmaking of June Farrow. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely putting that on the list. Yeah. I know it. I know you don't love fantasy I books. I do not love fantasy. This doesn't you're feel selling like it, a Sarah. fantasy. There is some magic. It's yeah. not magic. I don't know what else to but call it. But you know, it. I loved Una out of order and that yes. is some fantasy yes. like that going back in time and that to an extent it can be in a okay. modern day setting I can take it's that. Believable. It's believable. Yeah, I okay. think that's yeah. where it wins mm-hmm. because even though it's it's not real. Right, right. As far as I know, People don't go through doors into a no. different part of time. Right. That's that's something I've never heard of. But it feels believable. Right. Like it's totally something that I read and I'm like, oh, that might actually be real. Someone might be going through red yeah. doors. Yeah. Like that's where I enjoy it. Well, it takes you back to the movie like Sliding Doors or Freaky yes, Friday. like what if. You know, like the yes. what ifs we traded spaces or yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I can do that. Yeah. Like it's not like super – stretch to imagine that reality right right yeah cool yeah it's good i would love to hear that's one that i like let's talk about it like who's read it who wants to talk to me about it because it's there was a lot to that we could talk about it would be a great book club pick it would be a really good one okay anyway just to throw that out there um thank you for listening if you have read it please let me know you can find us on instagram or facebook sarah really needs to talk so reach out or email at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com please rate subscribe or share with your friends please thank you to amphibious zoo for our music and we'll see you next time i'm sarah and i'm jamie and and this this is is your your book book club. club